Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to a special edition of the Snakebird Podcast. Our discussion today revolves around a topic that has probably not left anyone's mind for the last two months, the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic, and all the things that accompany it, like social distancing, frequent hand washing, and quarantining ourselves for long periods of time. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's great to be back in the studios today behind a mic. It gives a little bit of normalcy with all the craziness. The uh, quarantine, Josh and I, I don't know if y'all know this, but we record a lot of these episodes weeks in advance. But the other day, Josh was like, dude, we got to do one on hope like right now. Yes. Yeah. And just to let you know, we are six feet apart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. At least our faces are. I don't know. <laughs> we have two barriers between us. Yeah. Just in case uh, Josh over there is infected. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Why has it got to be me? <laughs> yeah, better you than me. There you go. I'm playing. Totally playing. Yeah. So this show was actually recorded this week because with everything that's going on and God putting it in our hearts, we wanted to speak speak hope and clarity into the chaos of these times. Absolutely. We just want to tune in with some perspective and encouragement for you guys, because when we step back and realize, um, even in the midst of all this, that God still has his hand on the situation, we truly can rest knowing that his plan is good for us. Yeah. Yeah. And for me personally, I don't have a ton to say. And I, of course, every pastor says that and then they talk for like four hours. But (laughs) I think a lot of pastors have done a fantastic job of putting this into perspective and giving it clarification. But I also know that as snake birds, we feel like we should address it too, because there is a chance that people are listening, haven't necessarily heard that perspective or haven't gotten that clarification. And, you know, if you are listening, we want to speak into your life about hope, about um, being encouraged and realizing that this is a season, but this is a season that God has allowed. And there's something that we can come out of this with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just whatever's taking your thoughts captive, um, obviously we got a lot going on. There's a virus, there's economy stuff. Um, just take some time as you listen to this episode to, to try to meditate on what God's Word tells us about hope and why what we hope for is really all that matters in times like these. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you talk about uh, taking your thoughts captive because that's one of the things that I wrote down is we have to be very purposeful in being mindful of our thoughts, that we have to win the battle of what we're in control over. And that means in the light of our immovable, unshakable God, we have to choose what we think. And part of that means choosing hope over depression. Absolutely. Or choosing faith over fear. And then the last thing is choosing to move forward versus standing still in a spirit of going, well, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. And just like um, faith, which we talk about a lot, um, hope is a very foundational thing that believers should default to, not like a crutch, but perhaps a very redneck example, but like a low gear that keeps us going. You know, I'm in construction where we drive big trucks and I think of a steep hill when you have a heavy load trying to go uphill, you have to switch to a lower gear to keep you going. And hope is one of those low gears that can keep us 
moving forward, even though it's slower. Um, obviously, we prefer to coast at a faster speed, but there's times that we have to climb mountains, and hope sets the pace for how well we do that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Great analogy. I'm not even a redneck, and I like to. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my job. Well, I remember growing up in Flagstaff in the mountains and mountain biking, and sometimes you really have to turn it all the way down to that low gear. And, exactly. And you feel like you're doing a lot to not go very far, but it's making a big difference. Absolutely. Ah, good Good one. Thank you. And, and I think of Psalm 62, 5 and 6, says, My soul, wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes it's easier said than lived, but um, it's truly something that we need to rest in, especially in times like these. Yeah. It'll keep us going. Yeah. Golly. It's a, it's a great low gear truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that quote that says um, that man can't live four minutes without air? Um, four days without water, four weeks without shelter. Have you heard of that? I have. And then it's like, but it can't even live four seconds without hope. That's so true. I mean, it, it plays definitely evident in my life. Pastor uh, Billy Graham said, perhaps the greatest psychological, spiritual, and medical need that all people have is the need for hope. Wow. And yeah, for sure. It's so true. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. That's really good. So one of the things that we typically do, especially when we talk about something distinctive, is we try to define it. And so um, do you have a definition for hope? Let me ask that. I do. And the Greek word to go along with it, which is el piso. Very scholarly. Yeah, that's Greek for the piso. And (laughs) (laughs) it means to expect um, to hope for, but to expect. So, I mean, when you break it down biblically, uh, hope is is not a word, because I think a lot of people use the word hope these days as a maybe, maybe not type Mm. of word. But biblically, it it speaks of anticipation, uh, meaning we expect a particular thing to happen, and it speaks of confidence in that hope. So it's not not a maybe, maybe not word biblically. Um, At least in the scriptures I looked at, there there might be some out there. (laughs) But um, uh, if we press into that hope, And to be clear, the hope I'm speaking of is our confidence that God has. He does have good things for us through Jesus. If we press into that, then we will see the gift of faith emerge as the result, as we see in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Hoped. Yeah, the conviction of things not seen. So... Um, it, it's not something that we sh- that we should only have. We, we got to press into it. Hmm. So that's but that's the definition of hope. I mean, if you needed it, it's pretty pretty self explanatory word. But biblically, it's something that we have confidence in happening. We expect it. Yes. Well, I feel also it's kind of like one of those words where we talk about happy, and I talk about this a lot because happy feels very shallow. But hmm. when we talk about joy, that feels like there's a deeper meaning to it. And I think of when we talk about hope, there's the people that compare and contrast it to like, I wish and wish is so shallow because it doesn't have any substance to it. But hope, hope has substance. I mean, when you think about the times that hope is mentioned in the Bible, 
which I saw it on your notes as I was looking across the table. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I was thinking of like Romans 5. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope there it is again now hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who was given to us that is such a fantastic verse i love it um i I like to see the chronology in it too Mm. um we, we can see that hope's available on day one of being saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning how to press into the hope, it can take time. Uh, suffering produces endurance. We saw this in, in that scripture you just read. Um, suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And the growing of hope in us means that a little piece of God himself, also known as love, is growing us into his image. And I mean that, that's a that's a lot of scripture there to take in. But I just I'm going to point out verse one says faith, verse two says hope, and verse five says love. Mm. And I can't help but think of First Corinthians thirteen twelve through thirteen it says for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three but the greatest is love. We know that verse Mm -hmm. well because it's been quoted so many times, but you you see that that there's going to be three things that last, and hope is one of them. I I love what that verse is telling us because it says that currently we can only see dimly, meaning we're in a fog right now. And a lot of us, these times right now, is even more foggy than than we've known before. Um, but soon, when we see the whole picture, and we will get to the other side of this, one way or another, everything's going to make sense. But these these three things we're to cling to because they're the only things that remain: faith, hope, and love. Mm. So I, yeah, that's a that's a great verse, and it's it's all throughout Scripture as something that we should press into. Yeah. It's so funny because every once in a while we come to those passages of Scripture where you're like, I think I'm just going to put my tent up here for a little while and I'm just going to camp out. Yeah. And this is these, to me, five verses in Romans chapter 5, you could just dwell on them for days and continue to kind of get something more out of them every day because we are going through a time of trouble, a time of tribulation. And you look at the world going, okay, COVID-19, people in New York, um, people in New Orleans, people in the the South Plains here where we live getting sick, even like a um, a retirement home kind of having that outbreak. And you're going, God, this is such a tribulation. This is such a trouble. What is this doing and how is it affecting us? Like you talk about people that are experiencing depression because they're lonely, because they're in their house or parents that are having to adjust on the fly, either from working at home or finding daycare for their kids because the schools are closed. What does that do? And Jesus says, listen, these tribulations, unfortunately, you're going to go through them, but they have a purpose and they're going to produce in you perseverance. And then from that perseverance, you're going to grow in your character. And then after that, 
it's going to result in more hope. And, and that's a tough pill to swallow. But knowing that these things that we're going through is leading to something, yeah. to me, gives me so much more hope. Absolutely. I mean, we, we can look back in life and we see these things we, we think we're never going to get over in the midst of it. But um, we do. We get through it. And God is there with us the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to see in the mist, though. It is. It is. Perspective is mm-hmm. so difficult. And, um, you know, I said it at the beginning, and I, I think I'll, I'll say it again probably even before the end of this, is that we're in a season. And seasons, um, I've heard a pastor I really respect, he was talking about when seasons change, a lot of times they're accompanied by storms because of the change in the weather. Mm. And this is a storm. Yeah, it is. And you know, the most beautiful thing that the Bible says about seasons is that this too shall pass. Yeah. But I think the hardest thing for us in the midst of it is the timetable of not knowing when things are going to change. Yeah. You know, we keep getting these uh, updates that say, well, it's until now. And then it's like, uh, that was probably too short-sighted. So now we're extending that a little bit. And and that's difficult on people, especially the ones that are um, cooped up in their house and they're trying to find ways to entertain and they're trying to find ways to, to make things work. And it's difficult. Yeah. And I, you know, Jesus talked a lot about um, a childlike innocence, and and a lot of times what he was referring to is this full childlike dependency upon him, mm-hmm. and that's what we got to have in times like these because we're used to controlling the majority of our days, the majority of our lives, and in times like these, uh, everything's been stripped from us, mm-hmm. uh, our schedules. Uh, some are jobs. Some are very sick. Some have died. Yes. And my heart goes out to everybody um, that's in whatever variation of that. But it's times like these that we have to press into that childlike innocence of depending upon Jesus because he's all we got. Mm. He's all we got in times like these. That's very true. And he will pull through for us. Yes. God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He is so faithful and he's there for us and all we have to do is call out. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a hard thing to say because some people's situations have been affected so immensely by this, but we can lean on him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked in other episodes on, on how Satan being master counterfeiter, as we know him to be, has an opposite version of everything God has offered us. And I just, I think it's important to note that hope's no exception. Hmm. Um, The word hope is usually thought of as something we want to happen, but the expectation part of the word, if we don't press into the God side of it and we press into the counterfeit side of it, it could also mean pressing into stuff that we're afraid of happening. Fear. Fear. Um, (laughs) I used to watch this show, Doomsday Preppers, because I was a Doomsday Prepper (laughs) back in the day. Yeah. And uh, I swear to you, what fueled the preparation of some of those people were things they were excited about. Oh, wow. It almost seemed like they they hoped for the Doomsday. And so if we're half-hearted in hope, that can morph into fear. Mm. And uh, if we press into Satan's version of hope, which is fear, it, that becomes our hope. Yes. So Ooh. that is so important. Like Josh just got through saying, perspective, perspective. We've got to lean into God. Don't, uh, I, I, we heard it this morning, uh, 
at our, our digital church service that there's two types of fear, a mm-hmm. uh, fear that controls you and a fear that protects, protects you. you. Yeah. And it's, that's true. Yeah. And, and there are good fears out there. Mm-hmm. There's that fear of when you're standing too close to the side of a cliff that you could slip off and fall and die or terribly injure yourself, then that's a good kind of fear. That's the fear that that keeps you from doing stupid stuff. But then there's also that other fear that that wants to control you. And Satan, that's his realm. That's his basketball court. He says, this is my house, you know, or whatever, Mm -hmm. because that's where he wants you to live. And I feel like um, a lot of times, especially if we're just speaking honestly, he uses media for that. Yeah, absolutely. People that dwell on the media and consume too much of it. Mm -hmm. It's like they have higher stress levels than the people that are, that are even involved in the situation necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a a problem that's feeding a a lot of panic and not to say there shouldn't be a a lot of concern. Yeah. But, um, it is, there's some people out there think they're experts because they got Google at their fingertips and, and they'll push a lot of fear. I think the only thing we really need to be obsessed with right now is clinging to God mm. in this moment. Uh, yeah. It is hard. I know that's that's hard to to, to abide in, in in times like these because I think of the verses that say God will never give you more than you can handle. Yeah. He'll provide a way out. And it, I was just talking to Josh before this recording. Man, I I didn't press into hope like I should have this last week. I I. Uh, gave into fear. I gave into that, but God is so faithful. He's there for us when we stumble, when we doubt, when we don't have um, hope in him like we should. He's there for us, and we got to press into that because it's the only thing that's going to get us through as Christians, as true believers. Yeah, and if I could say that there's a practical thing that we can do right now to press into hope is to find some of those Bible verses that remind you of God being in control, that remind you that you shouldn't focus on the fear aspect, the control aspect of it, but you should focus on what's important and write those on index cards. Um, Put them on your driveway and sidewalk chalk for someone else to see. Um, You know, memorize it, make it a a daily uh, discipline where you get up and you say, I'm going to memorize this first today because those things will help instill hope in your heart. Um, Right off the top of my mind, I have a few verses here that I am leaning on right now, um, just in our household. And one of them is Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. God's not finished with us yet. He always has a plan. And I don't necessarily think that he caused this. I think that he knows that it's out there and that he's using it and he's working through it. And so we have to believe that God wants to complete that good work that he's began in you. And then another one that I have is 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
I love that Philippian scripture that God's going to finish the work he started mm-hmm. in us. Right. Um, by nature, I'm a pessimist. I mean, <laughs> I, there's times I've, I work in construction, I'll hit my finger with a hammer. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. It's over. I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I give up so quickly sometimes. Bones broken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bury me here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I love that because it, it gives us perspective mm-hmm. like you said earlier he's gonna finish what he started mm-hmm. in us um whether we go home to him now or it's at the end of our lives yeah. he's gonna finish it and it's gonna be good yes it's not gonna be um what satan would like us to believe mm-hmm. the fear you know side of it tries to get us to to press into yeah but um Second Timothy one seven says, "For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, mm. and love, and self control." And um, these three things that God offers us to combat fear are available through the Holy Spirit, and that's why I think that's why I was putting such um, emphasis on pressing into hope. Yeah, is because um, when you're walking in the Spirit, you have these in your um, arsenal. Or mm. your satchel, maybe, as Josh would say it. Your satchel. Satchel. Yeah, there it is. But yeah, power, love, and self-control. If we're walking in the Spirit, we have these things readily available to us. And um, I, I take a lot of peace knowing that because yeah. uh, He is here for us. And if we're, we're walking in the Spirit, we're pressing into Him and, and truly seeking Him with childlike innocence. Um, he's going to offer us a peace that we're not going to be able to get through means of fear or means of uh, prepping and hoarding and, and all of this stuff mm-hmm. that, that's causing a lot of panic right now. Like I said, uh, there is reason for concern, mm-hmm. but but we got to press into the, the fact that God is our provider. Yeah. And so I, that one um, is one for me. And I have another one, too. You want to hit yours, though, Josh? You want to do some bat and forth? Sure, and forth? sure. So definitely one of mine um, right now is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And this is something that, you know, even before all this crisis, it's a good one to memorize. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Hmm. I mean, what this more can we say? Exactly. You know, be anxious for nothing. Don't fear. Yeah. You know, one pastor said it, and I've always loved to quote it. That's the most repeated commandment in the Bible is do not fear. Yeah. And this is a time where if we're not careful, we can get caught up in that that controlling fear. And the next thing you know, it leads to paralysis in our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. But chances are, if you're listening to this, you have somebody that's watching you as a believer, whether it's your kids or it's your coworkers or it's your friends going, how are you reacting to this? Yeah, that's true. And I, if, if you're a believer that's listening right now and everybody knows the stuff that we're talking about here, but um, man, I know for me, it's great that I hear them over and over again mm-hmm. because I need reminding. Yeah. And, um, I hope you are pressing into that, but I, I would like to bring up, um, what if you haven't been walking in the spirit very well oh, lately yeah. and then this happens? Okay. Um, it, what if, unfortunately we've given into fear and com- if we feel completely lost right now, uh, if that's you just right out of the gate, this happens to us all. 
whether we admit it or not. And the best thing we can do at this point right now to, to get on the right track and to get this peace from God that we all need in times like these, um, we don't need to try and figure out how to fix ourselves right now. Uh, we need to re-surrender, re-establish our dependence in God. And that he will start to rebuild this peace in our hearts right mm. now. Uh, I would like to read James 4, 7, and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I think even with the context of that scripture, mm. we can use it to fully stand on the promise that if we draw near to God in times like these, he will draw near to us. Yeah. Don't, you know, you know, don't go into fear, resist the devil, mm. draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have it exactly. I know it's an Acts uh, at the beginning. Um, it was probably Acts chapter five where Peter is preaching and, and some of the people are saying, well, what do we have to do? And he says, repent that the times of refreshing may come. Mm. And I think, you know, that's great advice for what you're talking about is, hey, may, you know, maybe this this happened and you're like, my, my walk with God is not on stable ground. It wasn't before this and now you don't know what to do. Yeah. And the beauty of Jesus is he's always saying, come back. Yeah. Come back. And... There's actually a verse um, that I'll read here, and and well, I'll just go ahead and read it because this is an interesting way that it put it. Um, I'm going to read a whole psalm if that's okay. Let's do it. Uh, it says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." This is Psalm 23. In, in case you're wondering, um, and I even like that some of the I guess new text words where they say this could say this. It says, "I shall not lack," and I I just really appreciate that. He makes me to lie down in, in green pastures or tender pastures. He leads me beside the restful still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, and I was talking about the new text words right mm -hmm. there where it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a suggestion in the New King James Version that that word dwell at times can be translated, and I will return to the house of the Lord forever. Oh, wow. And I hope it does mean that, because <laughs> I like that. Right? Yeah. yeah, and like, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I get emotional in some of these, and, and this is an emotional time. I, I was sitting there, and my wife walked up the other day, and she's like, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying, you know? And, <laughs> but it just, it was hitting me so hard of what's going on in the world, and this made me tear up sitting at my desk studying because God is all about the person that has walked away. And, and he said, welcome home, you know, and, and you think about even, um, just David's relationship where he was a shepherd and how much he loves sheep. And then God using that illustration over and over, um, as, him being the the good shepherd and us being the sheep and how sheep are not always the most bright you know they're they're um usually not very smart and they're usually pretty 
um, gullible and they wander off and yet God is our shepherd and he's our good shepherd and he does all these things um, to take care of us and I don't know if you've ever heard it um, but it's the shepherd's look at Psalm 23 and and I think it's Philip Yancey and he goes through and he talks about all these um, the whole verse and why every line of it has um, a correlation between a shepherd and what they would, why they would do what they would, what God says he's doing for us and how they all line up. And it just, it's amazing. And it's one of those studies that is really beneficial. And so I encourage you out there, if you want to check that out, um, this is a verse that's in my heart that God is using to speak to me. And I think this whole psalm is um, within the realm of possibility of memorization. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think also of, of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. We, we've heard it so many times. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I truly believe that we can take that. I, I mentioned this again, uh, right out of the context for for us to trust in today, because what was happening then was a people that were being in bondage from you know sin and idolatry, and, and God is saying you're you're about to go through some hard times. Mm-hmm or in the midst of hard times, but I have plans for you, a future and a hope. And God still has that heart towards us now. Yeah. So I believe we can, we can stand on that and we know that's his heart for us. Yeah. Well, and you made me think of, um, there was another in the fire, you know, that, that's oh, that yeah. worship song. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. And it's going around, but it's all based on Daniel. Exactly. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. And them are Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, which I love to say they're Jewish names because, you know, (laughs) don't call me by my my, my Babylonian name. Yeah. You know, call me by my God-given name. And uh, when they were thrown into the fire for saying, we refuse to bow, and they were in this tribulation, this difficult time, they looked and there was one that looked like the Son of Man dancing in the fire with them. And uh, that's what God says is he's going to be with us. Yeah. You know, even in the tough times, because I appreciate that we have to remember the Bible doesn't tell us that they won't be tough times. Yeah. You know, we were reminded this morning that John sixteen thirty three says, um, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And it says, these things I speak unto you that you might have peace. And and you're like, I want that first part. And then he goes, but you're going to have trouble. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. But take heart because I'm with you. I have overcome the world. Uh, one of the last verses that I'll mention is uh, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And And that's a verse where you're like, well, how is this going to work out? We don't know. We don't know necessarily, but we know that God knows and he's with us. Um, Lamentations 3, 25 and 26. I love Uh, this verse. The the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Mm. And um, we got to rest in that. We got to rest in God's word, even though it's hard. 
it's hard to do that because, like I said, we, we like to be in control. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in one of the most well-known stories, we've mentioned it so many times, uh, we find in Matthew 14, 22, the mm. whole scene yep. with Peter um, the, when he walks on the water. But uh, if you're cool with it, Josh, I'd like to lay out some just some insights I felt God lay on my heart with that story. Sure. Rereading it again yeah. in, in uh, the light of everything going on right now. Um, the scene starts when Jesus sends them into a boat by themselves with a plan to meet them later on. And I think about that. It's just like the situation with us believers today. He left. We have a mission. He'll come again later. Mm. Then we're told while they were in the boat away from Jesus, the winds and the waves started to slam against them. They started to get very afraid. Again, just like us currently, we can't seem for some of us to even see Jesus. Trials, pain, waves, mm-hmm. uh, the wind, all of it. It's, it seems to be you know more than we can handle at times. But then we're told in the fourth watch of the night, which is like three in the morning, This would be an hour where someone's just about to give up or lose hope. Jesus himself appears as a beacon of hope. And this is where Peter sees Jesus on the water. And all of the wind and the waves and the worries, everything just ceases in a split second. Because he knows that he is looking at the only one that matters in that very moment. And Peter says, we see, I can only imagine childlike innocence. Let me walk to you, Lord. Mm. And Jesus says, come. And Peter starts to defy physics because of who his God is. But then we see, sadly, that Peter starts to notice the wind and the waves again. I imagine that moment he actually steps on water Mm -hmm. and he starts walking because his focus, his perspective, his hope, his foundation, his faith is on Jesus. And that allows him to walk on water. Mm -hmm. But just like all of us, we're human and we see the waves and the wind and it's at that point that he and we take our eyes off Jesus, and if we start to lean into doubt, we start to sink back into the old familiar waters where there's fear, where there's lack of dependence on God, where there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about this event is that it shows how, regardless of what season we're in, what virus is in the world, whatever's happening, whatever emotions we feel, how far we've drifted, that Jesus is faithful to rescue us, even if we doubt, if we call out to him. So if that's you, listener, I hope that you realize that that Jesus sees your tears, worries, and struggles. Uh, I think of, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. That's what I mean by, if even if we doubt, we, we call out to him, we rest in him. And he's able to fill that void. He can fulfill all, all of our needs. He can give us peace that surpasses any understanding. Mm-hmm. And when it's all said and done, he's the only thing that matters. He's the only thing that can bring peace to our souls in troubled times, especially like these. Hmm. Yeah, amen. You know, I'm I'm thankful that you laid it out that way because when you talked about boat stories, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's another one right there where in Mark, you know, but um, just to not move on too far because we just want to dwell on that for a minute. The whole. Peter taking his eyes off what's important and beginning to sink always reminds me of where our focus needs to be. And during this time, our focus has to be on Jesus. And, um, you know, my boat story is about um, the disciples rowing across. I thought we were going to Noah. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that boat story too. No, <laughs> there's quite a few boat stories in the Bible, aren't there? There is. There is. Um, the disciples rowing uh, across the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, the wind and the waves come up. And if you ever see seasoned fishermen freaking out about a storm, that means it's pretty bad. Yeah. And yet Jesus is asleep on a pillow and they finally wake him up and they go, we're going to perish. And of course, what does he do? He talks to the wind and the waves and it just, they listen and oh, they obey yeah. and they cease and, and they're staring at him dumbfounded going, who is this man? And, you know, I think that's one of the things that in the midst of the storm, we have to realize that Jesus is with us. And and like you said, he's coming to them. But in all of it, we're not alone in this. Yeah. No, that's so true. There's so much. Um, I, I love these stories, especially these these boat stories. Yeah. <laughs> because it speaks to the power that Jesus has in our lives, no matter the circumstances. Yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, it's during situations like this where I do try to tell myself um, and remind myself some of my favorite Bible stories where God used unbeatable odds to show his power, what I would call nearly unbeatable odds, um, to show his power and reminding myself of that really strengthens my faith. And we have some of the, uh, the, I would call the greatest hits that we can mention, like David and Goliath, um, a little shepherd boy versus a giant. I mean, that shouldn't have worked out, but of course it did. Or you have another story like Gideon, where uh, you have the Midianites who were almost too many people to number. And God chose um, from the children of Israel what is essentially the least of the least of the least. That's what Gideon would say about himself. And then when he goes to pick his team, uh, originally he gets 10,000 warriors. And he's like, well, this is not enough to go against essentially an innumerable amount of people, over a million and God goes, no, it's too many. You're, I'm not going to get the glory. So he narrows it down to 300. And, and that's a great story. But the one that God led me to that I thought um, I wanted to share about was actually in Exodus 15. And the situation is essentially God through Moses and Aaron has been saying, let my people go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. he's been saying, let them go. Let my people go. And... Pharaoh resisted. And so you had all the plagues. And then of course you had the last one with the death of the firstborn and Passover. And finally Pharaoh says, go. And as he does that, the children of Israel exodus and they get all of us into the Red Sea and they're trapped. And the Pharaoh sends his army. And the next thing you know, Moses holds his rod over the sea and it parts and the people pass through. And then the, the, the water's close on the Egyptian army and it drowns them. And you think, okay, God just showed his power. Everything's going to be okay. And then in Exodus chapter 15, just after these awesome songs where they're saying thank you to God and they're rejoicing in the victory that just uh, they'd, they'd um, seen him win, all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they come to this place where they're so thirsty. They've been walking for three days in the wilderness and they've found no water so they come to this place called mara and they can't drink the the waters because mara means bitter mm -hmm. and they're looking at this water going it's it's bitter it is not drinkable 
and we don't know what to do. And they start crying out and they've come to this bitter season and they've come to this bitter situation in life where things aren't working out. And you know what God's direction to Moses is? He says, hey, there's this piece of wood over there. Cast it into the waters and then take a drink. And they do that and it made the waters sweet. And we're in this bitter situation and we can't swallow at times what's going on. But you know what we need to do? We have the cross of Christ. This piece of wood that when we throw it into our bitter situation, it makes things sweet. And we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus enough during this time? Is Jesus our sustaining power? Or are we looking outward for something that satisfies? Absolutely. And if, if that speaks to you out there, if you, if you, um, you don't got peace right now, um, you can have it. Yes. Uh, obviously, we're going through a hard time. I'm yeah. not belittling that. I'm not making light of it. We're all going through a very hard time. But there really is a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's, a, that's not just a popular verse people throw out. It's a very real thing that happens inside of us when we truly put our hope in Christ. And, and part of that means that you have the benefit of the cross, which means you have the faith of Jesus's work on the cross in your heart. You have salvation in your heart. And so that is something that would bring sweetness to it. Absolutely. So we hope that encouraged you guys. Is there, you got any more, Josh? Uh, I just want to say this, and, and this is just kind of in closing. I pray that out of this situation, we come out better and closer. I pray that we come out better prepared for something like this in the future, because it did Mm -hmm. kind of take us all unexpectedly. I pray that we come out better in our expectations of how to, to deal with it and how to help one another. And then I pray that we also come out better in our communication. And I think of, um, using things like our phones and all that. And then, um, I also pray that we come out closer in this closer in our relationship with God, closer to one another and more helpful in our outreach and care for one another. And I would say this in the midst of seeing some awful things that people have done during this time, AKA buying all the toilet paper or hand sanitizer (laughs) out of stores or whatever. It's also awesome to see story after story of people helping each other and actually caring for one another. And it's really crazy because it's wild to see how something like this actually makes us want to be more sociable than when we're, when we have the opportunity and now that we're lacking it. Mm -hmm. And that's what my encouragement would be is maybe this is going to come out this week and we're like, well, it's almost looking like it's going to be over. We don't know how long the time frame on it. So what my encouragement is, is to use what God has given us. And if you're out there, I encourage you send text to people that God puts on your heart, make video calls, connect with people, ask them if they need anything, tell them that you're praying for them. And then if you're wanting Um, that introspective look, ask God what he's wanting to teach you through this. So things like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, listen, in in this time that uh, that we're having to quarantine and all of this, this is a perfect time for us 
to be still and know he's God. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a perfect time to, to take inventory of our hearts. So I've heard it said in the past, uh, not that God is doing this to us, but like Josh says, he is using this for his glory. He uses everything for his glory. And this is might be something we need to be still and know yeah. he's God. Amen. And uh, you might find that when this is all over, your new normal looks so much better than the one before COVID-19. Right. So let's pray for that. Yeah. Let's pray for uh, a new perspective when this is all over. And we know that um, the good work he started in us, he'll he'll finish in the end. Amen. You know, you said a verse from Lamentations. Yeah. Uh, Lamentations uh, 325. 325. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him. I want to read Lamentations 324. Oh. Well, actually, I want to read um, 22 through 24. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Hmm. Hope, it's a beautiful thing. Hold on to it. Ask God daily for more of it. And then endure in this trial because we know that our tribulations build perseverance, our perseverance builds character, and our character builds hope. Amen. Hey, um, this was a special episode and we wanted to get it out to you as quickly as possible, but we also want to connect with you. And so if you're going through something right now, um, please let us know. And if you want prayer, if you need help and there's any way that we can help you, we'd love to help. So please send us a message on Facebook or send us an email. It's connect at beasnakebird.com and um, start a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you hear us say a lot, uh, if this has helped you out, just share us with your friends and family. Uh, I really mean it in a time like this because we want to we want to let as many people know about this hope that that we can rest in, that we don't have to get so bogged down with fear in. Um, so share this. Um, if you give it a good rating or review, just say anything. Uh, uh, on the review and it'll help get the Snakebird podcast to to more people out there but just mainly we care about you listener out there this isn't about numbers this isn't about any of that uh, these these are dark times right now mm-hmm. and, and we we want to be here for you we want to pray for you so please reach out to us and um, yeah, we just we love you guys yes so I just want to say that yes with as much heart as we can say it we do we love you and we're thankful that you're joining us and please please do not lose heart yeah. continue every day to choose hope choose faith choose moving forward absolutely so snake birds this is a unique episode so we'll give you a unique ending hold on to hope absolutely wherever you go whatever you do No matter what life throws at you. There's never been a better time to hold on to hope, memorize scripture, follow the words of Jesus. And find peace in the words of Jesus. Amen. And be Be a snake bird.
No, I'm going to cough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Great cough, brother. <laughs> I'm going to cough. Okay.